0: August 10th, 2022 is the Wofford Pedro Show. (laughs) ¶¶ Yes. For Pete Rochelle. And Naima, huh? John Coltrane at the uh, Village Vanguard again is the title because this is 1966. Our guest, Chicago, right?
1: Chicago, indeed. Yeah, through and through.
0: I, where <laughs> I was uh, conceived. Come well, on. I, born in Virginia, but conceived in Chicago. Yeah, Nick, welcome aboard.
1: Thank you so much. And, and who's
0: the, uh, who was our, our connect? Uh,
1: Probably uh, Steve at Cuneiform, right?
0: That's right. Steve at yeah. Cuneiform. Yeah, that it, old way it, of writing.
1: That's exactly, that's exactly right. Yeah, he's Ancient. a good cat,
0: man. He is a really good sure. cat. And he's so we got to give him credit. So let, let, let's try to go back as far as we can go back. Well, Brother let's Matt, how are you doing?
1: Everything is good. Okay.
0: Uh, bring, please, Nick, your earliest yep. musical memory. Oh,
1: man. Um. I guess... There's there's sort of the the, the regular uh, mom playing uh, Christmas carols and then harmonizing to the Beatles with my older sister. But af- after those two things, I think like probably getting deep into a neighbor's record collection at a very young age, like probably around six or seven, go- going over to an older kid's uh, bedroom to listen to his record collection. Um, that that's probably like the most formative situation was was kind of getting being an early adapter of, of uh, long playing vinyl records that may be too young of an age
0: <laughs> can you remember his name?
1: I, I can, his name was Paul Deekman. Okay, um, thank and, you and Paul he, he also had a, a wicked beer can collection if you recall the beer can collection craze <laughs> in the 1970s
2: <laughs> I'm guilty
0: I, I remember <laughs> people having s- stuff like that going on Yeah,
1: because yeah. you need so, something yeah.
0: for all the dust to cling to
1: <laughs> that's right <laughs> He also he also had some secret beer cans where he would hide some some illicit substances, which uh, I I only knew it they were later on in life. But uh, thankfully, at the time, I I did not.
0: Oh yeah, there's like fake woods, false exactly.
3: bodies. And stuff. What,
0: exactly. What about pad you grew up in? As far as musical instruments, was there any in the pad?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like I said, my my mom played the piano. um, So there's a piano hanging around, and that was really the first. Did you jump on that? Yeah, I jumped on it around, uh, I I would say maybe forced to jump on it.
0: Oh, did you go (laughs) through the piano lesson thing?
1: I I made it six months, What? And, and, and what was experience? Yeah, we've had met,
0: right, brother Matt. We've had yeah. many guests on, and some of them it almost drove them away from music.
1: It, Others, totally
0: got, it was a great thing. It, but that was kind of the minority.
1: Yeah, musician. it got it got close, man. But like, no, I I, I played for six months, uh, and it turned me off. But it, it, I'd say it actually maybe turned me. Deeper towards the record collection situation, you know, kind of like just mining for gold on my own.
0: So, it, it, do you think it was the idea of lessons or the teacher themselves?
1: I think it was the. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna name names, but I think it was the teacher. It just true. wasn't. A,
0: Something I mean, they weren't really happening with, right? They yeah, didn't I think have the skills.
1: I I gotta give them credit though. Like it may have also been you know me just being too young to and maybe not ready to receive it. Because right. I Because I did eventually get into, uh, like, in fifth grade, I, I joined uh, the school, the public well, school. Well, I was going
0: to ask you about school. Were you in the fucking, sure. you know, choir or the marching band or shit like that?
1: I did play alto sax in, uh, in uh, like, the school jazz band and the school symphonic band and stuff like that. I did that through, like, through all the way from fifth grade through high school.
0: Okay, but, okay. But it wasn't... That's after the piano thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: So the piano thing was a bummer. What, <laughs> what, what other
1: instruments were in the pad? Uh, man, just the really just the piano and just you the know pro- probably like. Because a, I'm, some, I'm
0: wondering how you got on the fucking bass.
1: Oh man, I I will I will be happy to, to tell you. us, I, I, please. I'm please. quite a quite a bass bass creation myth. Brilliant. <laughs> um, my 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 uh my band director, I, I will name him because he's changed my life. His name was Robert Hirons, Bob Hirons. Um, he taught me how to play the saxophone and I was in uh, the band under his baton from fifth grade. Uh, eight, so Yeah, under his tutelage, exactly. From fifth grade to eighth grade. But, you know, I was doing well and I dug it, but he also had a bass in the, in the band room. And on weekends he would let me take it home on the school bus um, just just encouraging me just cuz i was sparking to it you know he, he was like okay well you you're, you can't play bass in the symphonic but you can't play electric bass in the symphonic band of course but you're welcome to take it home because you're interested in it was so, there a stand up player uh no there wasn't there was there, there was, was this only
0: electric bass in the band room
1: yeah just sitting there. And I asked about he's it fucking, and he's like, well,
0: "Yeah,
1: if you right. want to take it home, take it home. So I think it was like calling your name. It really was. And you know, what's funny, man. It, it was, well, what about remember, an amp? Well, he let me carry the amp home too. So, oh, so you, there was an got, amp
0: there too.
1: You got a picture of a 12, 12 year old carrying a one, a, like a 115 amp and a Gibson fretless ripper.
0: Oh, I remember Rippers. They had yeah. big
1: bodies. Yeah, big bodies, tobacco sunburst, no fret lines. You
0: know who played Ripper? Was uh Rick Danko.
1: Oh man. My my favorite Ukrainian uh Ukrainian Canadian baseball. Yeah, you gotta
0: say Canadian
4: <laughs> first, but then Ukrainian, right?
1: Yes, Canadian
0: Ukrainian. Uh yeah, only only Levon was from here.
4: That's right. right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, yeah, the, the trippy voice too. <laughs> yeah. All of them. Richard yeah. Manuel. God yeah, damn, what a voice that totally cat had.
1: Oh, his was the most heartbreaking of them all. I thought.
0: Well, his story, but
1: yeah, yeah. story's very sad. Yeah, absolutely. What
0: was it called, Grand Mariner? That orange liqueur. That's what he drank. Well,
1: yeah, Grand it, Marnier. Marnier.
0: That's it. Yeah.
1: That's, that's that's Bo Diddley's. All, right? Bo, Bo, Bo Diddley's favorite drink. drink.
0: It's fucking foul-ass. Anyway, he drank a bunch <laughs> of that shit and hung himself in Florida.
1: It was terrible. Oh, man. But
0: he did have a trippy voice. So did Rick Danko. They both did.
1: Absolutely.
0: Uh, anyway. Yeah. So you're taking this bass home, and it ain't got frets.
1: <laughs> I didn't know how to tune it, man. I didn't know nothing about it. I just took it home, and it spoke to me. And That and means you I
0: know don't... everything about it. You did double negative right there.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> Try <laughs> well strike that and reverse it. Right. I...
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, Mr. Uh, what was his name? Bob Hype?
1: Bob Hires.
0: Hires. Yeah, he would have been very upset with you. <laughs> yeah. A- anyway, anyways, maybe he wanted you to search because he yeah. probably fucking those kind of teachers probably know how to play a little bit of every instrument, right? Right.
5: Yeah. He if did. I remember
0: Mr. Luna at at Dodson. In fact, after 10 weeks, he told me to quit. I was <laughs> oh. on the prior and said, Mr. Watt, I know you try hard, but why don't you do yourself a favor, do me a favor, and they looked at the class and said, do us all a favor. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, D. Boone said I, well, his mom wanted me to be in a band with D. Boone, so, but no more school thing. Okay, so. so what do you do when you get this thing home?
1: Man, I got it home and probably, I just started, Did you put
0: your hands on her? Did you try to fit it up your ass? I mean, what's that?
1: <laughs> it, it, it fit up there quite nicely. Uh, no, it, uh, no, it, it, uh, it. I don't know, man. I just started playing along. I tried playing along because with you know the, that's
0: why records. Leo called his Fender a p- precision. No, <laughs> it's truth. Come on, he called it that because it had frets. Now. There was mandolin orchestras, and mandolins always had frets. So he didn't really invent it. But the, most basses were like giant violins. Right. And, you know, and they did that in orchestras and symphonies and stuff because of the timber, right? They, all notes ain't created equal. Yeah. You, you're kind of like at the same shape, and you just scale up and down. And it'll be a lot closer. So that's what they were like—giant with violins without the chin part. So he puts fret, frets on his because now he only played saxophone and a little piano, but he had buddies and they toured most of them country west. And in those days, no boats yet, no uh, v- vans. It was station wagons, so you'd have to tie the doghouse on the top of the roof. (laughs) Yeah. There's a funny story about uh, a guy he didn't play for like 30 years and went back. He took his base across country and by the time he got it to LA it was like hardly anything left. All the wind blew all the shit off. (laughs) You talking about Henry Grimes? Yeah. Nels helped this guy. Nels Klein. Oh shit. He played with Albert Eiler and stuff. He remember. was
1: super bad, man. He played that green. That green. You know what I'm talking bass. about, then? Okay. Yeah, Henry Grimes.
0: Henry Grimes. Yeah, he was a. He quit music for thirty, forty years. Right. But when he came west, he brought that bass on the on the, tied to a car, and it was. Yeah, <laughs> right.
4: amazing. Anyway,
0: that that was Leo's idea to make. He thought by scaling up his, well, it was not a telecaster, then it was a broadcaster, but Gretch so, suit threatened to sue him because he had a drum set called that. So, no caster, right? And he just thought, if I steroid this thing up and I put some felt mutes and stuff like that, it can fake a stand-up. He he didn't know because James Jamerson would later do with this machine. Right, was his own thing. He thought it was some kind of like half-ass at not having to carry a big doghouse. Okay, so... Did you find
1: books? No, I kind of, I kind of just listened to records and sort of found notes. <laughs> okay, and then eventually, like I'm talking, like probably a couple years later, I finally figured out how to tune it. Um, it, was, it was a very and gradual forth. process. See,
0: yeah. that's different than all the rest Exactly. Of the ones that look like the violin. Right, they're all tuned in fifths, including the cello, which can go as low as the bass. Yeah. What's so trippy about Ron Carter on a piccolo bass because it's Pertney or a fucking cello but big difference fourths and fifths your notes are clustered closer not as mm-hmm. much drama between the strings well, I want to play some more music
1: yeah go for it
0: bedtime song. Now, it's trippy. The mandolin is tuned like the violin. Yeah. And backwards, right? G D A E. A
1: E. yep.
0: Right, because tuning in fifths and stuff like that. So you first found out what all the strings were, E-A-D-G. Yep. And then you found, right, there's fourth interval. You move to the next string.
4: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you just did that on your own.
1: I, I I just kind of started listening and talk. You know, I would go to music stores and like talk with people, and, and it was kind of you know, <laughs> old school apprenticeship in in a way. It started. I, I always kind of started playing with uh, people who were a little older and a little better, and that and I always had to run to keep up. So it got me no, in the shape. That's quicker.
0: smart. I mean, people are all full of themselves. They so put lamer people around them so they look good. That's like a Don Trump move. <laughs>
1: i was trying to i was you trying to look out back.
0: for that asshole That's uh, right. w- well what about i'm not talking after school like graduating but in the afternoon did you get into the garage a band uh, basement band bedroom yes. band thing
1: all of those okay garage, basement. okay bedroom.
0: so there's dudes there right and did yeah. you use this fretless bass with them
1: I, uh, initially, I did, and then I I mowed I mowed a bunch of lawns my eighth grade summer, and I bought a, a Hondo black precision copy
0: from the Guitar Center on 95th Street in Chicago. <laughs> okay, you're out in the burbs. So uh, Crane had a Hondo. Yeah. Put aluminum little yeah. little foil over the headstock. So. From, <laughs>
4: oh, it,
0: must not be a fender, right? But it's something, yeah. <laughs> it worked. And yeah, you know, at the end of the day, that's what it's about, right? And so, Absolutely. what were these bands like? Did you guys try to copy songs off records or were you writing your own material?
1: We were doing both, man. We were, we were mo- mostly just playing copies, you know, this, this is like junior high, like seventh and eighth grade, most, yeah. mostly playing, uh, uh, you know, like kinks tunes and, uh, uh Just kind of like some classic rock stuff. Um, And then eventually we we tried writing some stuff, but it was pretty terrible.
0: Now, this sounds like it was one group. Did it have
1: a name? Um, That group, what what, what, what do we call it? I think it was Common Law. Common (laughs) Law? Did did Common Law ever do a gig? Common Law, I think, played a, a garage and called it a gig. Is that your first gig, Nick? I, my, my first gig, I think, was this, the 8th grade school talent show.
0: Oh, it's a school thing. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. It but, was, is it with Common Law? Uh, it was with Common Law. <laughs> because,
0: obviously, the, probably the school band did recitals and shit, right?
1: Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. But, but your first but
0: I, gig that wasn't school stuff was Common Law.
1: Yeah, just just playing, like, a friend's garage. Yeah. Um, and then you know, later in high school, I ended up playing. Well, how was on the, that gig? Was side. that gig a success? Uh, I think I think it was. I think it was short lived for sure. <laughs> it was and was success. most
0: of the material was it your guys or was it a combination of copies?
1: As I recall, we did, I think we literally played probably three songs, um, and there were two original tunes and one cover of "You Really Got Me." Kings. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that, you know, I think Van Halen covered that song, too. Yeah,
1: okay. absolutely.
0: So what about the first song you
1: wrote? Did you
0: write it on the bass?
1: I think I did. I, I, I often will write, will write on the bass. No, I'm um, talking
0: about at the beginning. At the beginning? You know, people I, like, I don't know if you've read Charlie Mingus's Beneath the Underdog, but he always wrote yeah. it on the piano. Yeah. I Even a bass I wrote, player. Won't yeah, write right. on the bass. When I give people songs, I don't know what's your experience, but it's it's trippy. They won't call yeah. them songs. Oh, g- give me a bass line. No, this has got verse and chorus and bridge. and Oh, no, it's a bass line.
6: Yeah, all right. right. Do you write on the bass? Chico
0: <laughs> Hamilton, about 99%. Chico Hamilton couldn't get songwriting credits. Now, he was a drummer, man, but it's the same dilemma. Drummers and right. bass players not getting credit for writing songs.
1: Right, well, Mike, Michael Henderson, rest in peace. We
0: just too. lost Mr. Michael Henderson. Yeah.
1: I think wasn't well, He a turned into a, like, a
0: disco singer after the Miles Davis thing, but he is so great on those uh, Fusion albums because he don't play Fusion.
1: Right. I no, think he's he was amazing. playing for
0: Stevie Wonder, and Miles saw him at the Apollo, and he told Stevie, I'm going to take your bass player.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> it's in the Quincy Troop
1: book, right? That's amazing, yeah.
0: So, uh... First song you wrote, you wrote it on the
1: bass. I I, I, I think just like the initial like, kind of riff was on the bass, yeah. It's it's undocumented. But I'm, I'm going deep into my mind's eye right now a lot, trying to trying to recall. But I, I believe it was on the Black Hondo precision and, and copy. You never,
0: and you never spent time on the stand-up?
1: No, no, I, I, I play stand up quite a bit these days. Yeah, nowadays, but I'm talking. Yeah.
0: we're talking formative years, Nick.
1: No formative years. I was okay. strictly pork chop, no doghouse.
0: Yeah, but no, but trippy that you did start with a, a fretless. So that's kind of uncommon.
1: Yeah, well, it was the only thing because that that's, uh, it, that's it was going to be around. down the
0: road for you with the stand up. Yeah,
1: right. Yeah, it definitely attuned my ears. I'd say. Yeah. Whether not that was intentional.
0: No, it's like trombone or something. That's a yeah. too. You know, yeah,
1: it's a position you know. instrument, right? Right, it's, position it's, instrument. Yeah. And uh, actually,
0: very beautiful. Shit, we're at the end of the first hour. August 10, 2022, edition of the Watt for Pedro Show. Brother Matt, guest, big man Nick with the bass. All time for hour two. August 10, 2022, it's the second hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
7: little girl come blow me away I don't care much I win anyway just a
3: dog I'm goddamn
7: rich and exploded When I talk in the night There's oil on my hands What a dog Fall dog is cruel and smart Smart time breaks the heart Fall dog bombs the moon Devil in a marketplace Devil in the dream place Fall dog bums the moon What a dog A wig and a day, just a the doll These blackest of years That have no sound No shade, no dance His cruel smile. Smart time breaks the heart. Fall dog bombs the moon.
8: Was done to you, rather.
4: Find strength.
0: I want to thank the guys that made this all happen for me My brothers in light, okay Nobuyuki Jun Kozo So We're going to do a Funanori song here I'm not the only for Pedro's show okay Nick so after that big garage gig well you're getting into high school now yes and uh, you still got the hondo still got the
1: hondo but you're taking the hondo to different places yes I was getting getting up to the north side for some gigs some actual real gigs like uh, playing at the Cabaret Metro as it was then known. now now just known as Metro
0: Cabaret Um, Metro on Clark Street by Wrigley Field
1: you got it very you've you've, you've rocked it many times, I'm sure.
0: Well, Joe Shanahan, I think the only place I played in Chicago for maybe ten years was there. There was something called the West End once I played, but the owner went off. I think he was on a three three day chocho binge and uh, waving <laughs> a gun around and shit. But I always worked for Joe Shanahan at the, at the Metro. Yeah, yeah. Last time I was back in April, I think I was at Empty Bottle for the first time. Okay, yeah, nice people yeah but for anyway, sure. so you start playing okay, and the bands are different, right?
1: yeah, the bands are different it's kind of kind of more just like I would say rock it, it, I quite yeah. gotten... well how did you find
0: people there, Nick
1: Just kind of like hanging out at the on 95th street at the guitar center and hanging out at rec, uh at record stores and, and music stores and just kind of being like who wants to play.
0: But they were they were at music stores and record stores, not clubs. No, because
1: I was still a, kind of a little kid ah, in okay. a lot of ways. Okay, okay. You know, I was I was 15 years old and coming up to the north side, um, playing gigs. But you know, couldn't couldn't really like hang out in the clubs. And I, I had a fake ID to, to play these gigs in the first place. It was with you know with older older cats. So I was flying under the radar a little bit.
0: Uh-huh. and. Uh... So none of these were your bands. You're like joining people's bands.
1: Yeah, kind of, kind of side, 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 m- mouse. side mouse in it. Yeah, side mouse. That, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. I no. think in
0: the older days they called that apprenticeship.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. No. It, in it, fact, I we think lost
0: that. that kind of this kind of yeah. thing. You know. Yeah, because some people, old people, are lame, or young people are lame, or no back and forth. Actually, I, I'm seeing less of that. For example, I took a drummer on tour three years ago that was seven months short of 40 years younger than me. I went to high school with his father. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe some of that's going away because that's kind of bullshit. It's a kind of prejudice, I think. No one picks where you're born. Like Sly Stone said, it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. Right. Because you can't pick that where you're from part, but maybe you can have a say in where you're at. (laughs) That's true, wise man, Mister Stone, who's still with us. Yeah. <laughs> unbelievable! All uh, the that's cats fucking died of drogas, and that cat, <laughs> hey, he yeah, he's
4: powering
0: through. <laughs> like he was living, in, yeah, he's like in a trailer home yeah. or something. Campers. Uh, okay, okay. So, uh, what about after school? Now, graduate? Do you want to still keep going, like music
1: school? No, I didn't go to music school at all. Like, I mean, basically- yeah,
0: but I'm thinking. In your head, are you thinking music?
1: Story? No, I'm just thinking like I want to be in bands and and. and but you're not thinking of, I
0: want to be a chemical engineer or a mechanical mm, engineer or a nope. urban planner. So you don't want <laughs> nope. to go to college for that stuff either. You just no. don't want to go to college.
1: No, I ended up going to college, all right, but but not for any, any you know, not for music and not with uh, any direct intention of uh, gainful employment. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like what? holding, hold pet Or your parents want you to do it? Yeah. Uh.
1: Yeah. I mean. I. I mean. I, in some ways, I guess I wanted to also, but I was kind of just going with uh the the flow of uh of of because that's what you do, right?
0: It's almost a yeah. sleepwalk. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. I. Okay. It, I was. I'm just curious.
0: What you like? The Queen guy ended up an astronomer, right? Right.
1: All right.
0: All right. So uh, what would have been your other life?
1: I w- I think uh, I would have my other life would have been. Uh, like my old man, probably uh, like an English teacher. Teacher, like, okay. yeah,
0: Nothing wrong with teacher. No, with fucking brother Matt, worked teacher of the year many times. Yeah, Incredible, worked for, Incredible. Me. <laughs> worked for fucking... some cats, you know, terrible young lives, and they turned it around, and brother Matt was part of that reason. Beautiful.
1: Oh, that's be- that know, is beautiful. beautiful. You, you
0: fucking know it. I'm so you. fucking proud of you. Thank you. So, uh, so you you're doing the school of gigs. Yeah. That's what you're doing, uh, right? You're learning yeah. by doing with music. For sure. Okay.
1: I mean that's what that's where I really met a lot of you know, I started meeting heavier players who were who kind of getting more into it in a deeper way that I wasn't feeling, you know, when I was in high school. Na- naturally everyone was getting older, but uh, you know, kind of just spread it, spread my wings and met met some uh heavier players.
0: Uh-huh. And uh but still, the side mouse, right? Or do yeah, you start okay. making your own projects?
1: Um, there was a little. I, I was still doing a lot of side side mouse and stuff, even throughout the college era. Okay. Um. It probably wasn't really until like.
0: You notice that a lot of bass players don't run bands. Right. I wonder why. Same with drummers. Well, man, we're like utility players, infield infielders in baseball. It's true. <laughs> I mean, they we're key, but not that key. <laughs> like,
1: <you know>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, that re- the record uh, that Steve uh, from Cuneiform sent you—that that was like really my first uh, record that was kind of under my name. Yeah. And, and that's coming. That's coming much later in life.
0: <laughs> but you know what? Maybe that ain't a bad thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe things happen for a reason that way.
1: I think you're right. Yeah.
0: So, uh, what about bass players' influence on you? Because oh, obviously, man. well, not obviously, but probably, I'm guessing most of these units that you're in, you're the only bass player. But you're probably yes. fucking learning. I mean, you're learning music, but learning bass. What bass players were you looking at?
1: Or Back then? Yeah. It, like in those formative like years, like yeah, the yeah, 17, yeah. 17 to 21 yeah. era? Uh, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say you were on that list. Fine, sir. Um, but Tracy Pugh, for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, did you uh,
0: see that info I gave uh, to you? Something I absolutely about? did. Yeah. It, Beautiful man. You know, he was going to get into literature. He was always a writer. Right. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, he you you had epilepsy. Hit me to that.
0: You know, that was the problem. Epilepsy and maybe drinking and drogas don't go good with that. But uh, yeah. he actually had a, a fit in the tub and beat his head so hard, that's what ended up killing him. So it really man. wasn't drogas and drinking. It was ap- yeah. epilepsy. Yeah. But he well, was just... beautiful, and I got to see him play with the birthday party once up in yeah. Hollywood at the Roxy. He Tell me about player. that,
1: man. Tell, how did that sound?
0: Well, the band was, I mean, I mean, they did Stooges, uh, Loose. Wow. Uh, it, was, it was the, the drummer man was out, Phil, he he had left, so Mick went to drums. So there are only four guys. They don't have two guitars. It's just uh, Roland on guitar. Oh, man. And Tracy on the bass and Nick singing. And Nick wasn't attacking anybody, but he was singing really intense and his hair was giant like a lion, like a mane. Yeah. And uh, it was at the Roxy, which is way wider than it is deep. So it's kind of a trippy thing. So he's roaming from side to side. Really wide stage. And uh Tracy held his own, you know, he was stage starboard and uh uh yeah, he had these bass riffs, right? That the song he's probably birthday party songs it sounded like they were a lot about being around the bass riff. Yeah. Roland played with a lot of fucking Reverb, drenched with reverb, really trebly sound, like D Boone with a lot of reverb. Yeah. he was really skinny. His legs were like pipe cleaners. Uh, a, 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 a pipe, uh, what do you call them things you clean pipes out with?
1: Yeah, pipe cleaner. Pipe cleaner. <laughs> pipe cleaner. <Yeah. laughs> That's what
0: like. And Mick, you know, Mick looks like Mick does now, but just younger. <laughs> so, uh, and God, he was doing. Uh, yeah, a lot, uh, he was Nick's main music man until that was too much for him, uh, flying from Melbourne and stuff. So now it's uh, Warren Ellis, he lives right Harris, you know Nick's in uh, Brighton, and he does his music. In fact, Larry, the guy who did the last couple of years of Stooges with me, is d- doing their drums now. He was doing some keyboards, but their drummer man's sick. They've been losing people. Everybody's losing people. You know that's one thing yeah. about getting less younger, Nick.
5: Yeah. yeah yeah
0: right but that that <laughs> gig that was an incredible gig on me. yeah Trace well his
1: his, his those bass those bass lines man like to, just that like you know the ostinato played thing, with the like, pick, yeah yeah
0: ostinato's little fucking figures that were and like i think i told you he was playing one of these 360s uh, acoustic some acoustic yeah. old timey thing with the big uh sliders for an EQ section. They were all, all the way, all the way to the top except the one next to the lowest one. That was all the way down. Wow. So it was this kind of really, yeah, deep thing without <laughs> a big a low mid, you know, so it wasn't Bogart in that way, but it was a trippy set th- You know, one guy who kind of played with him, uh, like him later on, was uh, Mr. David Sims.
9: With, uh, I, was, I was just Jesus thinking Wiser
0: that, man. And, uh, scratch acid before that. Yeah, he's yeah, the guy yeah. who kind of took his... Sound, I think.
1: Yeah, for sure. But this guy's any, old any... thing,
0: and he's beautiful too. It's time for mm. Brother Matt and his spin cycle. Hey,
5: man, it's Christmas already.
2: I know. I can't even think about that, man. Oh my head! I tell you something, man. It's tough and it's cruel. That's that I let one day you wake up and you decide you want to be somebody. Grullo for the menudo. You tell yourself, man, you gotta do something. You go, okay, do something, and you go out there and try to do something. I can't imagine. And why did I have to wake up and want to be somebody? These things happen at night. I don't know, you know. I, Tempo the way de you noche. start, you know, you try to be a nice guy and pick your friends, and you hope that they're don't know who be your nice amigos are. No more. You find out along the way. Some of those guys aren't as nice as you thought. Maybe you should never even have uh like, never even have uh gone like, the nice route anyways. I feel like, I feel like fighting. fighting. Cut throat. That's what you gotta do. You gotta cut the throat. Where's the my battleground is out my, here. Where's, now. Where's my peace? And uh, everybody knows it and it's just scaring them. There's not that much time left. Let no no me get a How come I had to wake up and want to be somebody? Let no me gusta you
5: What have I seen? I like your way, Catullus, talking about the whore who claims you owe her money, or that guy who smiled too much must have cleaned his teeth with piss, (laughs) or how about the poets come with their blameless, tame verse, or about how this guy married a slut. You come right out and say things. You're not like the others. But listen, Catullus, didn't I see you at the racetrack bar last Thursday? You had this great whale of a cunt with you. Must have scaled 190. One breast flopped loose, dressed in a lavender sheet. I believe I heard her pass wind in public. Her teeth green, her buttocks of sagging celluloid. And you drunk and plowing into her anus. Surely that was not you, Catullus, at the racetrack bar last Thursday?
10: Friends, she used to be called Rainbow. Now she's called Slut, Whore. She used to smile and take acid. Now she frowns and shoots downtown and whatever else she can score. She used to believe in miracles and casually walk through a world of stars. Now she sucks pussy and cock for ten bucks a shot in back seats of passing cars. She used to have long hair. Now it's bleached to shit, hacked viciously short and uneven. She used to have rock and roll, but now all she hears are grunts and groans and the sting of slamming steel cell doors. She used to have days of endless tomorrows. She used to have a lifetime of dreams come true. She used to run free in a world without end. She used to have everyone as her special friend. She used to march for herself without hesitation, condition, or restriction. She used to have love. She used to so much but now she washes dirty nylons and filthy sinks and crawls... and takes it up her ass, sometimes for 20 bucks in cold cash... and calls me long distance in the middles of nights... and tries to convince me that this is what friends are really for.
11: They came knocking on my door at 7 a.m. They had a warrant out for my arrest. What's your name? Where's your identification? I was half naked so they didn't come inside... Figuring they'd caught me in mid-fuck, they were right. Coitus, interrupt us, LAPD is a drag. I showed them alias number three. They said, oh, well, where is she? I said, man, she was staying here, but she hooked up with some nigger and split. Okay, okay. And they left. I went back into the bedroom. You were naked and still hungry, curious. What was that all about? Nothing, I laughed. Took off the rag I was wearing, eased into the sheets next to you. We started fucking again, but things had changed.
12: Baby, when I look in your eyes, I see something special there. Something stronger than the physical thing that we've just shared. Something, something special. Something, something spiritual. It's the way we both hate kill destroy Hate, kill destroy 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 destroy, 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 destroy. we don't care we just don't care. We don't give a fuck. I can see a future now for us. Before I didn't. I didn't have any faith in life and now I do because of you and this thing we share. I can see the kids down the street breaking the neighbors windows, the dog shitting on the neighbors front lawn you'll have the joint rolled and the beer open and the TV will be on when I get home and what will make it work the way we both hate kill destroy hate kill destroy We just don't care. We really don't care. That's what the beauty of it is. We just... We don't give a... fuck. The later years scare most of our friends. Because the things that they have... They know will go by the wayside. But with you... And this thing we share... I'm sure about the future about eternity, because the place of the Spirit is in eternity, and what we share is spiritual. We both
4: hate,
12: kill, destroy.
6: That Day Comes When, is the title, inspired by many binges. That Day Comes When, all that bangs into what's supposed to be a fertile mind are all the drunken, stupid ideas and actions. Now you're going to black out more and more until you forget all the great, brave, and daring adventures. You won't break that thick black chain of cigarettes and booze without howling and hacking to new friends lost in the morning. Darkness covers him at daybreak, and it hurts more than a little while. This world can only last indoors with soft voices. Her love, her sweet love, red and pure, never made him more than a man. It never cured thousands of miles between his heart and his eyes. One. One. Two Three Four Skinny ragged trees ruin the flat landscape It only takes two police to force his head to bend in prayer To the state and its goodness The pavement soaks up round teardrops As they fall and flatten out Blacks The blacks
5: are sleek in the western sun, shining like night statues against the 25-cent sign. They get off on you. Bring me back my coffee from the Highland Inferno. The blacks snap their patent leather boots in anticipation. They love it when you come around. They get off on you. And you get them off. In the alleys, the toilets, the back rooms. They want you. They need you. They are immortal, immaculate, perfect in the western sun. And they live forever, and they get off on you.
13: My vision of Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali started punk rock. His political statement, would not fight for U.S. because of religious beliefs. Lost the champ title. Fought his way to fame and fortune like Eugene in the decline. Found something he was good at. Now he can be seen at skate gigs. Ambition to be one of the big boys. Mordecai on Lancashire. Who's behind the wheel? The greedy cruise chef. Man, who's fucking unreal? i seen all this heat on the motor. Zarago said, hey, dad, who's that? He said, it's only the guy that's going to send us to our babes. The greedy cruise you into Disneyland? They wouldn't let you by head. They really wish you were dead when you beat on your shoe. Beat with this table on the shoe. You better put. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> the at Fat Boy Burgers. I was just eating a cheeseburger. Maybe I think it was maybe bacon sandwich Well i see seen a big motorcade And a big limousine Nikita Khrushchev was in North Hollywood Back in 1959 We will bury you That was his famous craze Every man, woman and child will die in his hand Nikita Khrushchev it turned out later he was really like a nice guy and he was an artist and he was actually ostracized by the Soviet party for um, his relations with America were too warm and friendly.
7: But boy, he really was scary. I
6: kneel before Santa Monica open her cunt La Cienica, eight miles inland her
10: immaculate
6: legs lift lovely the rolling hills and the private thigh of Malibu
10: cocktail, picked by a Mexican, washed by an Indian, delivered by a black, marketed by a Jew, eaten by a wasp.
9: Uh, This might be an incidental music piece. Seven Poets Chosen by John Ashbery, dedicated to Tim Dugos. We are taking the obvious drugs. We are stoning the oblivious adulterer. We are sleeping with adults at last. We are last in line for the teardrop explodes. We are exploring vast nearby planets. Our plants are wilting while we are on vacation. We are vacating our new poems of meaning. We are mean to the people we live with. We are live on talk radio. We are living on top of radiation. We radiate good health on the west coast... We coast on poems we wrote eons ago. We will never let Ian Young sleep with us. We sleep where danger is least apparent. We are parents to poets who write like us. We are more right-wing at the present. We are less right-wing than our president. We write poems that sound like they're winging it. It is quite interesting what we are doing. We are the nice people cops are arresting. We cop a few hours and think we look rested. We are not what our horoscopes printed. We have a Hockney print in our vicinity. In this city, that's pretty hackney. But if we could hack it, we'd buy a Wingfield. We are the sickos beneath Tom Clark's hatchet. We'd like to clock our time in his presence. We are giving this present to beautiful people. We are the dutiful people you see here. We deal drugs at the foot of the suitable steeple. We wear these suits for an obvious purpose. We'll tote our purses into oblivion. We purse our lips to indicate our totalitarianism. We were totally flipped out on acid. The source of our flippancy is chemical. We slept in the doorway to the polemical. We kneel on the floor near the collectible. We place tape on the mouths of the kneeling. We write a play on words rocketing outward. We play good quality punk rock from England. We were a rock, now we're an island.
6: I don't sweat. He comes home each night and pours a drink and rests his head in his hand and watches TV. He's tired. He's led a hard life. A child of the Depression, a young man of the World War, an old man of work. He works hard. He sweats. He's done it all his life. He doesn't like me. I don't sweat. He seems to understand why I don't sweat. He won't tell me. I don't understand. I've tried to sweat. I've worked in a factory, read books, traveled, jacked off, made love, but still no sweat. He's seen everything, he tells me. He says everything is bullshit. He can say it, he sweats. He can say anything, he sweats. I can't say nothing, I don't sweat.
11: Heartbeats. In Westwood. Heartbeats of tiny little mini skirts but not too tiny oozing with sex kind of i know because i was there i can tell you the truth the truth of long hot summer nights spent walking up and down broxton looking for action hanging out in front of taco bell my girlfriend dumped a coca-cola over my head because she got mad Whole street applied. I felt angry. I heard. Heartbeats in Westwood. Every weekend, walking through the patio, getting to know the vendors. I like this guy who sold crystal necklaces. I told him I was 16, but I was only 14. He said he was 19. He was so old. We went out once. He said I was inexperienced felt angry, I heard heartbeats in Westwood. One night in front of a Bruin theater, a guy drove up in a silver Corvette. He said something to me. I went over and looked in the car. He didn't have any pants on. He wanted me to touch his heartbeats in Westwood, pounding the pavement, the mean streets beckoning with promises of so much. But only delivering Jews for Jesus, the hairy Krishna dancing for a Bank of America. And always the music. 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 The
13: music.
0: Brother Matt, what made you do what you did to uh, us with your spin cycle this time? Technical difficulties were the main theme of that one. We we're down to one so input. So huge tribute to Mr. Kubernick. RB Kubernick there, Arby going Kubernick. back to 1983 with English as a second language. That was right. a, a good chunk of side one there. Uh, double album people. Yeah. All spiels. All of that. <laughs> So. And uh, thanks for bringing back those memories. I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah, a long time. And people, <laughs> vinyl. You heard some vinyl. Vinyl skip Feel our digital lips. delivery system. Yeah, 40 year old vinyl. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, brother. Certainly. So. August 10th, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watch p Pedro show.
7: it's a 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 right (laughs) I did it,
4: I I think it's a good thing to eat. 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 I think it
0: Show. Nick, tell us about U-Phone
1: U-Phone, holy smokes that's, that's a, a that's a group from a long time ago, but I thought I you might want to hear it, it was with uh, a good friend of mine, Ryan Rapsis it was, it was uh, him and myself We it was kind of like a solo thing for him for a while, and then I joined up and we did a duo thing all instrumental stuff, kind of weird uh, you know, quite varied sounds, uh, drawing from all sorts of stuff. And then we eventually added a third guy and made a trio out of it with the, this guy, the Lonesome Organist.
0: Well, how did you me. meet him?
1: How did I meet him? I met him on kind of like the all-ages punk DIY show scene. Okay. Like prob- probably in the early, mid-90s.
0: And how did you um, meet Steve Steve Futiform?
1: Um Steve... He put out uh, some of my music with uh, a current band of mine with a cello player called Fred Lombard Home and a drummer, Charles Rumbach. We have a trio called Stirrup. And, he, and Steve a Cune- Cuneiform put out a record, and then we kind of kept in touch. and then
0: Yeah, but how did you guys meet him? Oh, was he the other guys in the band?
1: How did we meet with Steve?
0: Well, your connect was through yeah. the other guys or...
1: Yeah, my connect was with, with was with Fred, the cello player. Who, so Fred,
0: uh, Fred was friends with Steve. Okay.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, initially, correct.
0: Because this recent album that you just put out. Yeah. That that that's how it, that connect
1: happened. Exactly. Yeah, he had worked with the trio with Fred, and, and then
0: and where where did you record this record?
1: I recorded it. It's, it's actually live, improvised, no edits. Uh, recording at uh, experimental sound studios here in Chicago. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's this, there's a series. It, it's it's a like a live open session where people can come to the recording. It's called Option. It's a series uh, that Ken Vandermark, uh, the saxophone player from town, and this drummer called Tim Daisy, and a guitar player Andrew Klinkman. They they kind of curate this series and invite players to come come do their thing. So I did it there. It was just an improvised
0: thing. How did they find that space?
1: uh, Well, Experimental Sound Studios has been around in Chicago for, I think, over 30 years at this point. Okay. Um, Yeah, it's kind of like a a non-profit arts organization. Like late 80s? Yeah, I think very, very late 80s. um, Founded by Lou Malazzi, um, who's still around.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Yeah, it's like a far out, you know, kind of like a place where... Kind of a hot house for, you know, left of center. What was his name? Louis,
0: uh, Chicago Art Ensemble, right?
1: Oh man, yeah, the Art Ensemble of Chicago.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's what we're thinking of. Yeah,
1: does it have anything to do with that? Uh, no, no I mean, not necessarily. You're, you're, not directly, you're, but like, not it's, direct. it's that kind but, of spirit. Yeah. definitely that kind of spirit. I would say. Um, you know, the, uh, the Art Ensemble of Chicago looms large over. Um, Chicago's uh, left field experimental community. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. course. For for sure.
0: And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, for a number of years, Sun Ra lived in Chicago.
1: That's right. I I, I think he actually took on the name Sun Ra when he was in Chicago, like after he moved up from... He was playing
0: uh, these weird kind of strip clubs and stuff. He was way into Fletcher Henderson. I read the uh, Tom Swede book... You know, space is the place. It's yes. a really good book. And uh, he came up from uh, Birmingham, Alabama, and yeah, was doing that kind of stuff.
4: Yeah, Club uh, Delisa.
0: Right, absolutely. Absolutely. It's yeah. so uh, uh, a trippy trajectory. What about the tortoise guys? Do you ever? You know, a lot of them live in SoCal now.
1: Yeah, no, I, I know I know those fellows for sure. Um, yeah, Jeff John Parker and, lives out here. Yeah, Parker lives uh, out there. He was
0: doing uh, DJ. Uh, he was helping the Flipper guy Saturday. Johnny Herndon.
1: Yeah, Herndon's out there. Johnny
0: Machine, um, right? And, Johnny And Machine. then uh, John McIntyre just moved. I think he's in Portland, Oregon now, though.
1: Yep. Yeah. He actually uh, mixed that record that, uh, uh, that Cuneiform put out. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then Doug and Dan. Yeah, and I saw. I saw Doug. he's still
0: got that Levin Daydream, whatever it is. I, I saw him a couple months ago. I was playing in Western Massachusetts, and he was there. Oh, nice! I think he's the only guy that left in the band. Uh, Bundy
1: Brown. Yeah, Bundy. He's in Louisville. I, I I believe that's correct. Yeah, he hasn't been in Chicago in a long time. Yeah. Right. But Bitney's still in Chicago. That's right, that's right. So there's two of them. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. Look, let's play some more music. You want to play for that kloofer? (laughs) Oh, how about uh, I Want a Girl? Oh, that's nothing. Well, what do you
7: say? What's your party? Go on, pick a good one.
2: Mm, Back of the yard, we know that. Back
7: Back of the yard, back of the yard, in old Chicago Chicago town,
0: where each fellow and gal is a regular pal. pal. They never turn you down.
7: Where an ace is an ace, any time, any place, they'll give you their kind regards. And I feel mighty proud, and I'll shout right out loud that
4: I'm from bad. Questions.
8: Yeah. My parents originated from Europe. In a section, what we might call, it did they change. It used to be part Poland, part Austria, part... uh, Galicia, so I would say in the area of, let's say, Poland in general, and it's Ukrainian type uh, settling in Poland, and they're Ukrainian people, my, my people.
14: How did they decide to relocate to Chicago?
8: That I couldn't tell you, but I would, I would say uh, for economics. In other words, uh, get a job. Was it? Better to get a job too and make money because they hear it from the people that are here already. So eventually they make tracks and try to get over here too.
1: What, what community did you live in? This specific community. Community?
8: That you live in? In the area of 4400 South Wood Street. At that time, it was primarily inhabited by Polish and Lithuanian, some German. Early 30s, depression. It was so bad you know, young young people like me, full of vinegar and vim, and couldn't even use the vinegar, the uh, the vinegar that we had, and there's, there's no work available.
4: Yeah.
8: It was just like a, a down trotting total waste. And it was so hard to get a job in those days. And I even offered, you know, and I, I was only seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, and I was smoking golden green tobacco. they three cents a bag. And the guy in the corner, he wouldn't let me wash his windows. He had five windows, big store windows. I was willing to do it for three cents. Yeah. Wouldn't well, let me do it. Really? He had to do it he'd rather do it himself. Well that's just how bad you know things got. to high school. Into high school? And they had nobody to boot me in the pants to push me, kind of, yeah. had me into it. So anyway, uh, I went about a year and a half to high school, and that was about it. And since then, I've been bouncing around and got a job when I was 18 at the Stockyards. Yeah. Am I going too fast? a job when I was 18 and a half, got a job in the Stockyards. My first day at work, I had a particular job going right I was trucking, a hand truck, like on the docks, you know. Every time I come home, I didn't even eat supper. I went right to bed. I was just so dull. Yeah. Salary was very good. In fact, amongst the higher salaries, which were more, uh, then what the general uh, pay was, well, general the level, mine was higher and better. In other words, because you're having the snack snack well, you're making good money. Yeah. I was lucky. I was making eighteen dollars an hour, making fifteen dollars, thirty cents an hour. Thirty cents an hour? Yeah. Really? And I was making well, about fifteen dollars a week. And then I got up to eighteen dollars a week, and then. Slowly progressed as the economy went. And finally, uh, mean, when I quit there, I, mean, I was in the $90 class. Really? As I was at supervision. that supervision. Uh, I quit in 1946 in May. I went into business for myself, as you know, this business now. So during that time, during my experience working with a Company, I worked first uh, as a laborer, as I told you, and then they made a, I was making a raw catalyst. And then I was in the second phase of it, making, I'd rather, baking the catalyst so as to be usable and getting all, in other words, converting it into a usable phase that we could use it to make hydrogenation process of hardening the fats. And I worked in the hard fat department, meaning where they had the converters, where they hardened the various oils and fats. And these, uh, the way they do that, they handle uh, 24,000 pounds of oil under a 400 degree temperature. And they suck in, you know, they have vacuum pumps. They suck in the catalyst and they pump hydrogen through it while this is being stored and agitated. And that oil, which is originally oil, just becomes hardened. Depends how long you use that process. It it, it gets as hard as a candle if you want it, to. Really? or it could be soft like buttery. You know, depends of to what degree. What teeter yeah. is the way we used to call it? Teeter is T-I-T-R-E. That's a chemical term, uh, laboratory term, I should say. Right. And uh, then from there uh, we had an explosion in the gas plant. That of course just uh, maintained employment yeah. we were just sort of transferred all around through the old sectors just to stay on the people. Yeah. and i used to unload hogs carry them
1: carry the cattle
8: uh, and yeah. we had quarters yeah, there big quarters
1: what was the were the conditions did you ever in the jungle or do you know what it was oh yes i'm familiar did, yeah were the conditions like it was in the book i mean did
8: no people- i think my conditions were far better as compared to what they went through. Yeah. far better The, the economy during the jungle time was, the conditions and the economy was worse, much worse During my time, in my my, my comparison I couldn't compare it except by the book, but I would say ours was a breeze the beginning of the union, one had a choice of a company union or an outside union. In had a choice. But most, most of the uh, employees seemed to take to the company union. And little by little later, they had, they went to get away. Yeah, they, but it was a company union. But employees, you know, run it themselves. It was a company parented. And they had their own stewards and all that, grievance committees and all that. Same as the union. The only thing, that wasn't on the outside. It was inside. And it was handled very good, I'd say, for quite a while, except when uh, the other element, the outside union element, came and, uh, and took over. See, I got my job in 1934 in October,
4: okay.
8: and that was during the Depression, but fortunately I got a recommendation from my uh, priest from my church uh, to the employment manager over there, and seemed to do some good. Well, you can tell telling a few things. Oh,
14: what should you tell I about the Aragon Ballroom? Oh, the Aragon. It was a beautiful ballroom. It was really pretty. Uh, the ceiling was just like clouds, and the clouds would move, and they had lights that were like stars, and they would twinkle. And uh, they, they had uh, round on the floor, on the edges, they, there was arches and roots in there where you could sit and talk and have a Coke or a beer. And to have nice music. And also at the Trianon, there was a, the Aragon on the north side. The Trianon was on the south side. And they'd have all these big band, Perry Como and Ted Williams. And you'd see all these, when these name stars sing. Uh, all the girls would come up to the stage and just swoon their mouths would open and they'd be just looking at the stars and there'd be Perry Como giving everybody a wink.
8: The used to hear my father talk and I to hear my mother talk later on, all they were down the spirits. You know, yes, but still, uh, I think uh, they would rather this country than any other. Yeah, really.
0: for Pete Pedro Show, Last Music, this edition. Uh, Nick, now you got yes, this record behind us. What, what's coming up next? What you got now?
1: Coming up next is uh, this, uh, this trio record with, it, with, I'm calling the group Ibises. And it's with... Uh, and you like with that Dan. bird with that beak? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I've seen Hello. those
0: in uh, New Zealand. Man, they are trippy. Yeah, they're a trippy bird, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, they walk very careful, and they get that beak, and uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that's yeah, that's a, that's a trio with, 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 with actually with Bitney on oh, drums. Is that right?
0: Scale. Okay. Yeah. What are you calling it? Uh, Ibis's ibises. Yeah, ibises. It, it, yeah, it, I've, it, I, yeah, I've heard people be. call it ibis. Yeah, with the the i the i sound short. I guess
1: that could be. That's but I might be wrong. Right, Fuck, don't listen to that Okay, I, so I you, mean you guys, have you been playing? Are you, uh, yeah, we're, we've been playing a little bit. I mean, it's okay. an improvised trio, so we, we kind of aren't writing for it. We're just kind of letting it happen uh, how it happens when we play. But, but,
0: but you said the record's coming out, so is it already recorded?
1: Yeah, it's already recorded, and I actually was just listening to the final master uh, before I got on with Steve you. Did you put to, it out? Uh, no, it, it, I think it's going to come out on American Dreams.
0: Okay, okay.
1: It's labeled from and, Chicago. Uh,
0: yeah, improvisers, yeah, it's always new. It's always fresh. Yeah. yeah. Balls out. Now, one thing I ask people, you know, Nels Klein is probably my uh, imp- most known that I know of improvisers. He's a guy, man, you can yeah, you can write your whole album and don't show them any of it till the time when the record button's going to be hit. You know, that people like that... F- First take sound, well, fucking Nels can bring it. I mean, it's beautiful. But yeah. the one question I ask is, like, when you get more than one improviser together, who goes first?
1: <laughs> that's a that's more, I well, got I'm more looking questions. for
0: your, your answer, Nick.
1: More questions than answers. <laughs> um, man. Because,
0: you know, I, uh, uh, well, I asked also Nels this, this question besides that one. You know, what, what's the thing you using? What skill are you using the most when it comes to improvising? And he told me it's listening.
1: Yeah, for sure, listening. So if you're
0: listening, that means you ain't really going first.
1: Right, Unless, and if everyone's listening, then who, who's going to start? That's to right, come? that's
0: right, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. So if to that, the that, listeners. That, that's like a Zen Cohen.
0: <laughs> right, it's a Cohen.
4: <laughs> it
1: is.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... But it is interesting uh, about that. There, there are kind of rules, right? Or they can turn into terrible things, right? Like a, a beat-off session, everybody beat yeah. off. Yeah, right.
1: Oh, yeah. It seems like there are some sort of informal, unspoken, unwritten rules to of engagement. Well, that, well, uh,
0: what, are, what are ones that you come to live with that don't well, hurt or, or, your creativity?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that I've come to learn hard, the hard way. On yeah, the band- of course, of course.
0: <laughs> Learning by doing, like when you were a boy, right?
1: Yeah, no, that's that's, that's, that's the whole key to life, I think, is just yeah. learn, just doing it and, and getting a bunch of egg on your face, and then oh, uh, cool. next time you get less egg on your face, hopefully.
0: Or, or like skateboard thing, right? You, yeah. Maybe fall off, not as much.
1: Effort. Exactly, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so show, tell me some of your rules.
1: Um, I, I think one of the one of the main things that I learned early um, in situations like that is uh, do not, you know, do not talk about it beforehand or oh. afterhand. Like, you know, no, like don't don't think about what. Yeah, when I gonna did a couple of gigs
0: or... with Jandik, and he would not say anything about what we were going to do. And The drummer <laughs> really? was a young man, and he was from his band Health, and he was shitting. Well, I was shitting peak analog too, but I just, I knew that was a strategy. It was right. on purpose. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it kind of fouls it, right? It fouls it a little bit, yeah. And, you know, I think, I think initially when I started doing situations like this, you know, improvising, and I'm still like a, a, a novice, really, I, I feel, and learning a lot, but, well, that's beautiful. you know, just, just well, like don't, don't, don't ask too many questions. Okay. <laughs> just start, just start or talk with it. your bass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then also afterwards, let, let, don't don't uh, deliberate after about what happened because it already no happened. No debriefing? No, no debriefing. <laughs> 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 ah,
0: it's Beautiful having you on the show, Nick, truly.
4: Oh, it's been a guest. You you know?
0: and, and when these new records come out, will you come back on the show? We can talk about them. I would be happy we to. We don't have man. to go back to the old days. We could to be
1: right here in the present. That's beautiful.
0: Love you big time, Nick.
1: Man, thank you so much for Okay, uh,
0: keep on keeping on. We'll have likewise. you back on as soon as you want. Sounds good. Okay, people. All August right. 10,
4: 22, 2022. This is what Peter said. So keep your powder dry.